darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping, and the vision that was planted in my brain. Hello, and welcome to the Pinecast. I'm joined today on a sad but important day for Arsenal Football Club. I'm joined by one Joseph up the arse. How are you doing, Joseph? I'm fine. Yeah? Just fine. Just, you know. It's like a whole week of loss. So It is. I had real loss and then, you know, far away, not real loss. So it's been a bitch of a week. So Yeah, it's a real motherfucker. My condolences mm-hmm. for your grandfather, Jay. Oh, thanks. Thanks. And then, and, and then and, you know, today, you know, I and, mean, and I don't really son. want to talk about it. <laughs> well, you don't really have much of a choice. You shouldn't have agreed to the podcast. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. I'm not talking about it. I don't know. Yeah, well, your, your adopted son, Theo, Theodore, what's his middle name? You got to know this shit, right? Ruxpin? I don't know. <laughs> Theodore Walcott, the third. What I forget. Else? It's... Alexander, or I don't know. Nah, all right, well, we'll leave it there. One Mr. Theo Walcott has officially left Arsenal Football Club and joined Everton for a fee of in excess of twenty million pounds. I and can tell you what it was if you want to know. I mean, sure, break it, break it down. It's, it's like it's twenty-two. Okay. So I asked for twenty-five. Yeah, you, you tweeted Everton specifically, right? You were on the. I did. I have been doing it since. I think on the first, I think I sent him, I think I sent him a tweet on the first to get, just get it done. Stop messing around and don't, you know, don't, don't drag it out. Let's, you know, let's get it done. Sure. Um, and you know, and I think this, you know, it's, it is kind of a sad day, you know, it's the end of a chapter and a long chapter, you know, this man grew up at Arsenal, 16 years old to what, 28, whatever he is now. So, yeah. So 12 seasons. 12 was, years. Yeah. 12, 12 years. You know, was it 108 goals? Something like that. And yep. uh, 103, 108, somewhere in there. I think 108. Um, you know, one of the illust- the few illustrious people to score over 100 goals for Arsenal Football Club. And a guy who was, uh, you know, a really good professional and, you know, a good example and a guy that's a good role model for young players everywhere. And, and a guy that was very, you know, very close to your heart. And, you know, also a player that, you know, we watched grow up that we've, you know, we've seen since basically since the days that we were able to access and watch these matches week in, week out. I mean, he's been a part of Absolutely. That Almost. Absolutely. Then. Yeah. I mean, yeah, when we really started giving, getting, you know, a ton of matches, it was, you know, it was right in that when we really started to get, you know. Sure. Yeah, just after the Invincible. ESPN matches and, I mean, just all that stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really, for most of us, you know, that's been, you know, the, for the long, you know, the majority of the time that we've been supporting the club, for many of us, um, that he's been a player there. So, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, I, I do, I think it's, I think we all think it's the right thing and the right move. It, it is. Oh, little, it's absolutely the right move. It's, it does seem a little silly that he's like, you know, really wants to play for fat fucking Sam, but, uh, you know, more power to him. Fat he Sam wants to play, him. right? Right. Fat Sam fucking he, played he, in for England. So. And he knows that fat Sam will promote his ass for the next six months to try to get him on that team. And that's. That's part of it, right? He, yeah. First, he wants to play, right? He wants first to play wants and he play. wants to go to the fucking World Cup. Right. And this, I mean, I'm not sure. He's not going to get any any clubs in the starting lineup above Everton. Right. So that's the highest, probably the highest ranking club that he could get a starting spot on. So it's it makes sense. You know, will he see the whole three and a half years out? I don't know, but yeah, who knows? I don't even know if he's planning that far out. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I mean, really, the, like you said, this move, the, the primary motivation is specifically to, you know, get matches under his belt, get time on the pitch and get, put him in the, put him in, not just, not just a shop window per se, cause he's just been, you know, he's been transferred, but he's given the avenue to the England first team and getting back into the fold where he was had become a bit part player with us at Arsenal. So 
you know, more power to him. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. He's got a way better chance than Debushi of making the fucking national team this summer. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, like I said, he's going to play. So Sure. And, uh, you know, he'll be fine. I mean, is he going to score 20 between now and the end of the year? No, but he doesn't really – it's not the expectation I can't imagine is really there. You know, I no, mean, I, I think he's going he's gonna to put some goals what's, in. What's, and what's a fair number for him? I'd say like 10 between yeah, now and the I end th- of the season. I think, yeah, I think 10 the target, right? 10 and, 10 and 5 or 6 assists. Sure. And involved in 12 to 15 goals. Yeah. Would be a good, would be a good return. If that's 8 and 4, 10 and 5, any, any which way of that would probably do you know, would probably be enough unless, you know, someone, unless someone other than Harry Kane decides to play, that's an English striker, you know, actually play well. I mean, who the fuck, I mean, I don't know. There are other options for England, but none of them are that impressive. You know, it's like, what, fucking Rooney? (laughs) You know. I mean, you know, and it just depends on the formation they're going to play, you know, all that stuff. But I mean, I, I like some of the things like, I mean, uh, I love Theo as a player for all his faults because I find most human beings flawed and sure. uh, dude doesn't didn't stop. I mean, he didn't do everything great. He had plenty of flaws. He had plenty of injuries. Um, but I just like watching him play. When he was on, I loved watching him play. And when he was off, it was horrible to watch, but so, I still so liked him. Me, you know? can you, can you give I me don't your- just pick... It's easy to like someone like... Ozil or Alexis Sanchez or I don't know. It's easy to like Messi, right? Because the dude's always on. He's, sure, he's always on. He's, he, you know what I mean? Right. You know, so I find those players easy to like. I don't really. I I admire them and all, but I, they're never going to be my favorite players. There's no challenge in loving them. <laughs> no, I like I like the guys like Theo. I like guys who talk a lot of shit. Those are the players that I like. So, you know, like when I was when I was young, a young man in Barry Bonds, that's the kind of player I liked. The Barry, guy who would Barry talk shit and back Bonds. it up. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I yeah. was. Those are the kind of players I like. Fair. You know, you know, what I was actually really enjoying was um, I know we're, we're kind of shifting gears here, but all the shade thrown towards Paul Pierce today because of his comments. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of that stuff, but the, the, the Draymond Green trash talk between him at, at the game when he was at the, on the bench for the Clippers and talking shit about him saying like, you thought they were going to give you a retirement tour? You ain't Kobe. Like there was, <laughs> like the shit talk was amazing. And uh, yeah. I didn't, I didn't catch that today. Oh baby. Yeah. It's from like uh, a season or two ago. And you know, it's Paul Pierce's last year playing for the fucking Clippers and the, he, he clowns him. He clowns him. That sounds pretty good. And I was here for it. It's all over my timeline if you check today. And there was a lot of fun stuff in that sense. But so uh, back to Theo, though. Give me your particular favorite moments of his. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple goals that stand out to you. Oh, man. Well, you know, my favorite favorite part of Theo was the goals he scored against Chelsea. Yeah. So there was, there was, uh, there's all, everybody loves the fall. You know, 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 the fall and get up. Two of his best goals were like slip, fall, get up goals. Because that the, well, the, the one the at Newcastle, the one, one. at New, yeah. but the Newcastle one was a penalty. Sure, sure, it was. He was, was taken a, out, and but and he just you know, and they weren't going to give it to us. Yeah, they weren't going to give it to us because we think we were already up three goals or something. Sure, that was the five and uh, or six three or something. Seven three, six three, something. It was it was yeah. a good score line. Well, a, you know, we give up ass. three, right? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, 7-3 <laughs> over Newcastle, 6-3. Something like that. And uh, and so there was – there's the fall down and get up against Chelsea, which he rips. My favorite part is, you know, how hard he can strike the ball. Yeah. You know, that's – I mean, that was one of his best attributes. You know, we all know it was his reaction and him. He could strike the ball hard. So I like that because it would just rip by a pass check. There was a couple of those. Yep. There's the one against Spurs where he gets on the end and just rips it past – I don't know which keeper, if it was uh, Laurie Sven or if it was one of the other nerds that, that they had. I think it was that Mongoloid Friedel. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I thought I saw a gorilla between the between the sticks, so I, was, I think it was. <laughs> it, it was kind of a great. Uh, the, the highlight I saw was kind of a grainy video today, so I wasn't entirely sure, but it definitely was not uh, Loris. So it was one of the, and I think it was after fucking fat Paul Robinson. So I'm, I'm guessing it was the, you know, our, our resident silverback American goalkeeper. 
you know, a lot of my stuff with the, you know, and, and, and I remember, I mean, I, I've, I've watched all 108 goals like 10 times, but, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I liked from him was his runs to open up space. You know, sure. he did that a ton and, you know, and I know he gets a, ton, he gets a ton of shit for being offside and he should, yeah. It should, you know, time his runs better. Certainly. I also think for the last two years, the ball should have probably been delivered a little quicker, but right. we don't have the midfielders to do that because, you know, once Santi left, no one can deliver a ball right. from that deep spot, you know? Good thing we didn't re-sign Sask. Yeah, he wasn't needed at all. Um, yeah, I was watching a bunch of those highlights and saw a lot of those through balls from Sask for him, you know, and you're just like, God damn, yeah, this was... Now, you know, that kind of understanding is tough to get. And it, it was really interesting because there were so many good crosses from Theo in those first couple of years with Giroud, you know, like they, they developed that kind yeah. of understanding and there was a lot of well-drilled across balls. I mean, there's definitely, you know, my favorite early memory, and I think it was also in the context of, I mean, it, it was in the context of heartbreak anyway, because there's that fucking, you know, the, the run against Liverpool. Everyone remembers that, right? The run against Liverpool. Breaking, right. breaking from his own penalty box, burning, you know, burning four fucking defenders, running all the way through them all, and then crossing to Adebayo or whatever, followed by that fucking horrid penalty <laughs> for it to go turn the other way. But I remember, I remember being at Lucky yeah. I remember being at Lucky Baldwin's in Old Town, Pasadena, with in a mixed crowd of a bunch of Arsenal fans and a bunch of Liverpool fans. And just that, you know, those are just moments that you remember because of the the dramatic highs and lows that were so close together, you know? The fucking high of that, we couldn't even enjoy the high of that goal except, you know, we turned around, was it Abui that gave up the penalty? Something I like believe that. it was. <laughs> or, or Colotore, maybe. One of those two gave up the penalty. Uh, I think it might have been right the first time. I think it was yeah, Abui. I think it might have been Abui. Oh, man. The absurdity of it all. But, uh, but, you know, but those were moments of magic, you know? And then when you saw him and he was doing this as a kid, this was as, like, you know, a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old, you know, like, just... Well, you know, in the last couple of years... You know, and I, I always find that, especially even today in the announcements, and I'd seen some of the people, you know, people retweeting Everton fans or Everton whatever, talking about his speed. His speed's there, but his speed is nowhere near where it was two years ago. I mean, he's he's lost some speed. Sure, and I think a little um, bit of that is, I think a little I, bit as bulk. He carries more weight now than he used to. And and age and part of it is but age and injuries. I it's mean, age. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. age. It's you know you do some damage to your hamstrings. You know that same explosiveness. That's what you know. So many of the best, and he's not past his physical best. But you know that some guys where their game is so contingent on that speed. You know, you watch those highlights and you're like, man, he just motored away from people in a way that is not something he's po- he, that he can do now. You know, he was doing that at 16, 18, 21, 24, 25, but not. Not now, you know. He still has no. You look at it. Pace. You, you look at it now, and and he'd get the ball on the right, and he pulls it back, you know, fifty percent times more now than he did two two or three years ago. You know, he his pace is is still good, but it's nowhere near what it was, and he and he relied on it a lot. I mean, a lot of those through balls were ahead of him, not, you know, meeting him, and he would just outrun someone to it. And he's not really doing that anymore. So, you know, overall, like I said, I'm, I'm, uh, I enjoyed his time with the club. Uh, I think he got way too much shit, and other people who didn't play as much sure seem to be revered for their three or four goals in a tense a 10 year term with the club and, and he doesn't, he doesn't get enough praise for me. So. Oh, you don't, you don't like that your boy Rosicki got, got a little more love than Theo in, in some quarters. No, I think it's total bullshit. <laughs> All right. Well, I believe you wanted to, you wanted to expound a bit on the haters, right? Well, I mean, let's see, you know, Chris Taroni, I mean, still hate not. I mean, it's been like eight hours and I still see hating my Theo, but you know, Little digs here and there, you know. Okay. I saw digs all over the place, you know. People that I like and I follow and will continue to follow and continue to talk to, but they deserve a little bit of shit today well, Dan, for qualifying I'll, his contribution. Well, shit, maybe I'll get you back and burn you on his podcast. <laughs> oh. No, you know, I think he's done with that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's been That's enough good. pain. Enough Unless pain. he's going to do mean, a special I mean, We were one. nearly gone, so yeah, I don't think he'd come out of retirement just for that. No, it's I don't okay. think so. It's okay, Chris. We love you. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's just, uh, like I said, I, 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 
like again, you know, just because a player isn't, you know, the best player of all time or, and I also don't like all this qualifying shit I hear on, on different in the paper or, or seeing tweets of, you know, he didn't reach his full potential. Says who? <laughs> I th- yeah, I think we saw his full potential, and that's it is what he I was. Mean, that's he scored twenty goals and assisted like twelve or fifteen in one season. That's I don't, that's decent potential. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I never thought that, that he, he was going to be the best times, player right? in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think and, maybe your ex- those expectations are a little fucked up sometimes. Well, you know that that's one of the problems, right? You have. I mean, we look at some of these players that get um, that get compared in that in that similar fashion, and you look at you know it's there's the standards that are set are uh, nearly unreachable. You you put you know every next fucking midfielder you know, starting and even now right the new fucking the interview with Ainsley Maitland Niles, you know oh I get compared to Vieira and this and that. Remember the Diaby and then. No, Stephen Mvila is going to be the next fucking Patrick Vieira. You know, every 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 tall black French midfielder is, is going to be the next Vieira, and and Walcott taking the number fourteen after Thierry. You know, there's a, there's a lot of expectation put on that when you have a guy who was, you know, at one point for for a span of six to eight years was among the top five players in the world, and for a span of two to three was was arguably the best player in the world alongside or just next to like Ronaldinho, another man who just hung up his boots today. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, expectations are unfair and that's, you know, we live in an age where, you know, the sensationalism and the selective outrage is, you know, people go fucking crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. I love Theo. I always will. I'm not going to be happy when he faces us in, in blue, but the rest of the time I get to watch him play hopefully more. Sure. And, and he, he's back to Emirates in about two weeks, right? We get, we get Everton. In like two two and a half weeks. Awesome! Can't I can't wait? I can't <laughs> wait. Except, yeah, I've seen. Can't everyone. wait not to not. Uh, you know, maybe I can pick him for my fantasy team now. That I, hey, yeah. switch him in. Mo money, mo problems. Right? Is that still a league going on? It's still going on. Yeah, I'm still. You know, shit. I'm still l- leading that race. Hey, well, my lazy ass dropped out of that thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a small group. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, to be fair, though, like, look, he scored, you know, the first goal in an FA Cup final that we won. It was a beauty, too. Yep. His left foot was a beauty. You know, and, and he scored a lot of important goals. He scored multiple goals against the scum. You know, he bantered him off while on a fucking stretcher. Like, you know, these are these are things that, like, you couldn't really ask for. I mean, you could, you know. You could ask for a better player, I guess. But, I mean, as far as a servant to the club, as a good example, you know, exempling uh, the values that the club supposedly stands for, you know, he did he did his job. He did what we hoped out of him in that sense. And, you know, he was able to wear the Arsenal shirt with dignity and and be a, you know, a model professional. For better than most. Yeah, better than better most. Better than most of the fans. Better than most of the fans are, that's for sure. Yeah, better than most of the fans and probably better than two-thirds of the other players that wear the shirt, really, you know? I mean, these guys, I mean, look, listen, like, Theo Walcott and Aaron Ramsey must be the most boring people to fucking party with. You know what I mean? Like, these guys, it's going to be the dullest, most monotone conversation, and no wonder they were so tight, you know? Like, they went and wore their fucking cardigans and played golf together. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. But like, but you know, it's it's like you know, for for people like me, being a Dodger fan is like I love Clayton Kershaw, and I also love the fact that he's a consummate professional and is never going to be the guy that's out partying and doing shit. Like that's a nice thing to have at an ace when you know he's not going to be like Manny Ramirez or Andrew Jones and out getting fucked up every night. You know, you know what I mean? Like out doing some bullshit. So as far as professionals go, this you know this is a good example being set as to how to conduct yourself as a professional athlete. So, you know, as boring as that may be, you know, what we we you know, like comparison like, you know, we will get into talking a little bit about Ronaldinho in a minute, but you know, he flamed out and flamed out quickly. But that's also has to do with yeah. you know, his lifestyle choices. And you know, I mean, who's to say? I bet Ronaldinho has had a lot more, more fun <laughs> than any of those motherfuckers combined. Yeah, he got to win some too, you know. So he, he got to he got the best of both worlds there. I know it, it rubbed it in a bit. There were pictures of like the tw- 2006 Champions League final victory, you know. And I'm like looking at the squad and I see Henrik Larsson and those fuckers in it, and it's just so bittersweet. That was a painful day. I know. Just just what we need, right? More fucking pain. 
Um, but hey, look, but that was the last time we felt it. Oh wait. <laughs> uh, oh my. Our title winning season was so long ago. <laughs> it quite quite a long time. Then those as as good as those as those FA Cup final victories were, it's not um you know, it wasn't something that um it doesn't feel the same. It's not like like if you could just get like once every ten years, it would be enough to just keep you positive enough. But we're getting closer and closer to twenty years every year. I know. It's, yeah, <laughs> and it's, with the and with the with the squad and the setup and the competition. Oh, that shit ain't happening. Soon. Not we, looking we, we good. Had chance. We had a chance a couple years ago when Leicester won the league. You know, that was the year that if it was going to happen, we could have done it. And was that the year we only did check and done? Mm, I bet it was. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. That, <laughs> that was a good decision. Fucking right. Someone posted the midfield buys over the last like five seasons. <laughs> it's oh, been the God. most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's because we had we had. Re- Relics like Riziki on on the squad, and we had injured players like Wilshire on you know, which right, he should right, have been. Right, but I'm just yeah. that was just you know we had Santi who got injured. You know, I mean Santi's been injured basically two years or something. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it wasn't just that we didn't want to buy a midfielder. It was also who we had in our midfield. I mean, five years ago we still had Diaby on the books. You know, so I just uh, it's just. If the, that's why these, uh, well, anyway, I guess we'll probably talk about transfers later, but you yeah, know, we're going to get there. Can we, can we get a midfielder? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice? Well, we, we did sell it. Well, anyway, look, this one, this one's to Theo. I raised my pint to him. Cheers to that man. And I wish him all the best in the future. And, you know, and honestly, I'm much, ha- much happier for him now because this, you know, we close a chapter for Arsenal and he continues his career elsewhere and we can, we can move forward. Absolutely. Which is something I think we've needed to do for a while. So, you know, all the best. Mmm. Ah, it tasted pretty good. <laughs> so you're gonna you what do you want to talk about Ronaldinho's retirement? Well, we can talk um I want to do a quick word for Francis Cockelin since he's the one who's officially out. Um Oh, that's right. He he left too. He did leave too. And I know it's it's a less important one, but honestly, like I think both of those players particularly understood what it meant to be part of Arsenal Football Club. And, you know, and the thing is that you could see that they generally embody the spirit of it. And you know, Coquelin has never been the technical fucking master that we not that any of us expected him to be. But I mean, look, I, I do remember having faith in him when he was playing for that, when we used to get those free, you know, the Arsenal youth games and that team that won the youth FA Cup and stuff with Jack and all those guys. You know, I watched this tough tackling kid that just was a fucking, you know, had a nose for for getting stuck in and and gave all to the cause, whether or not he was, um, you know, up to the technical level per se or whatever. But, you know, like, you, you know, you'd see, he would celebrate other people's goal. You know, he'd jump like six feet in the air to, you know, celebrating someone else's goal, you know, and going, well, and I know that that doesn't matter all that much. I mean, Flamini was fucking, you know, exuberant in that way. But, but uh, I think he was a good servant to the club and, and same, same way, handled himself professionally. He had some fun moments, you know, like you said, I mean, we, he did work in a, in a, in a midfield partnership that was one of the best that we've had in the past, you know, five fucking years. Yeah. So, that period of time was, was, a was, was something. Yeah, it, it really was. And look, and he, he put in a good shift, cosmic professional, you know, I don't think he has a bad word to say. He didn't get that many minutes, but he, you know, he played his role. And, you know, and I, I commend him on, on embracing the challenge and going to play. And, you know, he's playing for a good team over in Spain. You know, he's at Valencia now. If he gets minutes, man, I'm, I'm going to watch him and I'm going to be happy for him because he's, you know, another guy who really, I, I thought, understood what it meant to be an Arsenal player. And, and that guy fought for the fucking cause. You know, he'd be in the trenches with you. He was a bastard. Yeah. He was a fucking bastard. And he was one of our bastards. So I have nothing but uh, all the respect for, for Lecoq. And, um, and, and yeah, again, it's time, it was, it was time for him to go. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for his service. You know, he had a, a good spell here and there and then, uh, but it was time for him to go. And, and hopefully it's time for us to find someone that's better. 
And so, I mean, in in the idea of moving forward, um, you know, the deal's not done yet, but I believe before we record again, Alexis Sanchez will no longer be an Arsenal player. I'm very surprised that it's most likely going to be for Manchester United, who Alexis will, you know, will soon be playing for. I really thought it was going to be Manchester City. But, I mean, really, at, at this point, look, I don't hold anything against Alexis Sanchez if he's going to go get that fucking truckload of cash that Man United are willing to pay for, you know, willing to pay him, you know. If, how many more people are they going to put on their left side? I mean, how is it, are they just going to push everybody to the left side? I mean. No, I think they're going to play him right. They might play him f- right front. Potentially, on the right. Really, side. he's he he likes to. Yeah. I know, I know, he likes to cut in from the whatever. Left, but you know, we we've seen him play. He's played both sides. He played on the right for us some, you know, more on the left. But he did the same at Barcelona. He played both sides as well. He played on the right wing. So I mean, I'm uh, not worried about him going there. I don't think it improves him enough. They no. already have a huge, uh, talented squad. You know what I mean? It's and I and I heard know. a couple other pretty good points about it in that sense that like like losing. Sanchez is tough, but like, listen, like he was a good servant to us while he was with us. But, you know, you understand that it's, you know, he's 29 years old. This is his biggest move. You know, I mean, well, well, all right, let's take it back. His biggest move was to Barcelona when he left Udinese. Um, But as far as payoff and what he's going to get, you know, you know, the deal that is being reported, rumored, whatever, is that he'd be what the third or fourth highest paid player in the world. You know, getting getting paid four hundred something k and pounds four twenty five or some shit, making thirty something million plus a crazy sign on fee. I mean, if if the numbers are just what it's all about, like I, I don't look, I can't hate on that shit. He's twenty nine years old. This is last his biggest contract. He's gonna get. He's gonna chase that paper. And you know what? He one thing you will say for him, regardless, is that he did you know, bust his ass on the field for us every match. You know what I mean? He gave it all. He is a professional in that sense. Is he going to go Most down? matches. Most matches. <laughs> but as a, as a general standard, he gave that to us. And, um, you know, he fought hard in our shirt. Do I feel like he's super tied to being a, you know, a gunner or a gooner? I, you know, I don't think it's nearly as close, you know, in that sense for him as it is with others. And, you know, so be it, dude, you know? And like like I said, what's what's worst case scenario, what? He's going to be at United for another two seasons, maybe three. How long is he the first choice option? How long is he that much better than what they have? I mean, maybe for a while at United, I, I really expected him to go to City so it wouldn't be painful at all and <laughs> just watch them sweep, sweep the fucking league. But, you know, uh, really, like, I, I appreciate the contribution he gave us. He's been albeit one of our most frustrating players, our, our best player with the most return throughout that period as far as goals and assists go. And so, you know, I'll thank you for his contribution and best of luck to you, I guess, with Chile when you're not in the World Cup. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'll cheer for him in the, in the Copa America still. I can't root for him at fucking United, but but I, but I don't feel the way I, I felt I about won't him. I for him, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like I I don't feel it doesn't feel like Van Persie. Van Persie, who was you know who was an Arsenal man, right? Who had been with us for a long time, and pulled the fucking Judas card. I I feel like it's different. I do feel like it's different, and it doesn't really bother me that much. And honestly, if if what is being rumored and if the deal happens and we get Mkhitaryan out of it, sure. I mean, we would have preferred Anthony Martial, but uh, Mkhitaryan wouldn't even be close. I know. I know, but but Mkhitaryan is a very good player who has played very well, and I think would do much better in, a, in an Arsene Wenger system or someone else in case we could get a new fucking manager at some point. But right, he does better in a system where he doesn't get yelled at by the manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, look, I, I've seen Mkhitaryan play along the front line. You know, he's played in the ten back behind the striker, but also played along the wing. The way we, you know, Arsene Wenger has a tendency and a. a a penchant for playing, you know, number 10s on the wing if they have some pace it can do, be playmakers kind of from the wing. So, you know, it, similar to the fashion that we did it with your favorite player, <laughs> Rosicki on occasion, but, you know, guys like Nasri when he was in his best and stuff like that, like he can do a job from out there and you can have something where if you have a system where you're playing uh, Ozil in the 10 and him out there where they can learn to interchange in that, in that fashion and kind of swap and do, you know, do what they do. So I have zo- zero problem with McTarian as a player or that he comes in the deal. I, I, I don't. I, I, I thought, I still think that we should have got rid of Alexis in the summer. And that for me, it's the same for Ozil. Did I want either one of them to go? 
But if I just give me something new to focus on, you know, I mean, I, I didn't want either pair to go, but they're going or one of them for sure is going. So get rid of them and let's move on. I mean, that's we're not we weren't close enough with the squad we have when we started the year to, to win anyway. So I never saw the point in keeping them. Right. Um, I know there's top four, but uh, I could give a shit about the top four. We're not good enough to win the Champions League. So uh, it, to me, it's just a waste of time. It hurts our hurts us in the league every year anyway. Right. Um, we had, we had a, a little question. I mean, we, we kind of talked about it now, but there was a question from uh, uh, Michael Serrano, who's at Michael underscore Matador. Um and we kind of brushed on this now, but like overall thoughts and feelings on Alexis Sanchez's legacy with Arsenal. How will you and I, and I hate your club, you, Joseph, view his time with Arsenal? I mean, are you going to look back on it favorably? Or are you going to be happy with what he did? No, I'll be happy with what he did, but it'll be a, a period of time of, for me, just like football that wasn't great. And I'm not saying it was because of him, but we're in a period of time where football has not been good. We, we don't do anything well. Yeah, we don't. There's not one thing that we consistently. We're not, you know, oh, we're this team defends well, or this team attacks well, or this team moves. We're we're nothing. We have nothing, right? We have almost zero great identity as as you know a group of players. Uh, so, you know, I enjoyed the FA Cups. So I'll be thankful for his shots against uh, United and Liverpool and 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 some late, you know, minute goals and and i'll look back i'll look back fondly but it's during a period of time where it's just kind of been apathy for most of us sure growing apathy so i won't look down upon it or be mad about it i will have enjoyed watching him play in our shirt and that's all i can ask for yeah and i i think that's probably about the similar sort of um feeling that i have about it you know in, in in a time when there wasn't much to be excited about or be that happy with how the team played. He did give us some special moments, you know, and, and some, and some quite amazing goals, you know, so at least he did give us those moments. And I thought he, he fought hard for the team and, and so be it, but you know, onward and upwards, you know, this is, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, it's been done already. We've been, I mean, we, we knew this was going to be an issue a year ago when they, when they already were talking about his contract and it's just a more of a distraction and I've been ready for it to be over. Yeah. So, well, that's, and that's if we can get a great player out of it or a good player, sure. Um, that that maybe helps us play better football, then I'm for it. Indeed, indeed. Well, so now let's let's move on to what is going to happen, right? Um, we ran a I ran a quick little Twitter poll earlier because we've been rumored to be ready to sign up to three players, even though none of them are fucking midfielders. Um, and those would be <laughs> Henrik Mkhitaryan, Malcolm. Uh, does he have another name? I guess it's just the, uh, he's Brazilian, right? So he just needs one. So Malcolm. Yeah. Of Bordeaux, Bordeaux and Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang of my Borussia Dortmund. Um, 69% ha, 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 said that, Aubameyang would be the most important signing for Arsenal of our Twitter followers who engaged in this poll, followed by 19% for Malcolm and 12% for Mkhitaryan. Uh, which of those three do you think is the most important? Because I'm going to be honestly ignorant about only seeing the like three clips of Malcolm. Looks like a fine player and all. But Mkhitaryan is probably the most important out of all those three, because we need someone to play wide on the right. that can help to, you know, create attack from that side of the field. Right. And I think that he can fill that role. So could Malcolm maybe, but he's a young, he's a young Brazilian with no experience in the league. And, eh, you know, so I'd say he's three and Aubameyang's two, just because of the position he plays. And for, so for me, Mkhitaryan would be the, the most important signing out of those three. How about you? Interesting. Um, Maybe not the most exciting, but I just think the most important. Um, as far as the most, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer with I guess two. Well, I'm gonna go with Aubameyang, um, just because 
of the immediate replacement of goals that he will give to us. And I know that's it's complicated because, you know, dealing with the, the kind of service he gets and whether or not it's going to do what he can, you know, and I looked at some of the advanced metrics of his conversion rate or whatnot, and it's it's not that he's the most exceptional finisher out there. I mean, he misses plenty of chances, but he gets himself in that position more often than not and way more than many other players, which means he just gets afforded more opportunities, you know, and, and is able to put stuff away. Um, I think the big issue with these guys and one of the biggest things with, with you know, over them coming is that we do still want to retain Mesut Ozil, and how the fuck are we going to do that, Right. If you give him, you have to give him. We brought him Lacazette, right? If you bring him Obama Yang, you have a guy who's potentially, you know, th- he was a 40 goal season striker. He's up there with the, you know, do you have the fucking European boot last year? You know, he was up there with, with the most goals in all of Europe for the past couple seasons. And this is a guy who, you know, can come in and do so much for us. And um, I don't think he's the, you know, necessarily the greatest fit. You know, I don't like what I've heard about his behavior at, at BVB. I watched his Instagram live video where he spoke with Jaden Sancho the other day, asking to come to London. Um, you know, these aren't, you know, this isn't exactly your favorite kind of behavior. But as far as all other things go, you know, generally the word is he hasn't been like a problem in the dressing room in general. But like he's been agitating for a move out for two years. And we're For two to, years, that's a long time to wait. Right. And we're going to have to understand that, like, you know, his dream was to play as a center forward for Real Madrid. You know, they passed kind of on that option and maybe that's passed for him. But he wants to, he's been wanting to move for a while. And you got to understand he's going to come in as a mercenary. You know, he's not going to be our future. He's not going to be our future. But could a, could a striker like a bombing between him and Lacazette? And then if you add a guy like, you know, other complications. I mean, the Malcolm Kidd looks really fucking talented. You know, I've seen the same shit. I've seen the I've seen the YouTube clips. I've seen his highlights from the past couple of weeks with the shit he's done. I've seen his long range goals. He does play wide on the right, and so I think he could do that for us. And I heard the other shit today about you know that he wouldn't want to come if we sign these other players. But you know, you need to you need to show a statement of intent, and that's the big the biggest thing I think that was important, and still is the most important thing for us having any chance of retaining Mesut Ozil, is to bring in the requisite talent. That he think that he thinks are people that he can play with, and continue to build relations with, and you know, because he he seems he definitely seems of those players the one that was more um, certain that he you know looks like he's happy in London and wants to stay there, and and honestly, if you were to give him a team that was better, I think he'd be happier to sign, and and I think these signings have to happen for him to have any chance of staying with us after the summer. I, I you know it certainly doesn't mean he's going to. But I think the only way there's any chance is that you have to make these deals and then, you know, fucking sign another one this summer. <laughs> you know, like it's there's so much that has to be done. And this squad still needs rebuilding. But, you know, we would a lot. It would be rebuilding. great to get him to sign a, even if it's just a fucking two year extension, you know, two, three year, anything really. And I know that means you just go into the same shit again the next year. You know, if it's two year, then he does one more season, and then it's already, you know. And maybe all we need him for is one more year. I don't fucking know. I mean, it doesn't look like a Wobie's going to be ready. But, um, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, we need to not lose both those players, and that's been a big issue with this the whole time, that that was something that we're really worried about, you know, um, and what it means for the stature of the club. So bringing in a guy who is – has, you know, scored 40 goals last season and having just brought in another striker, you know, and you bring in Mkhitaryan, who is a world-class playmaker. And the Mkhitaryan thing is important. I don't think it, it does anything to hurt the chances of Ozil sticking around by adding another playmaker. And because I think that he will probably have to defer to Mesut Ozil because of kind of the hierarchy there is at the club. Um, but you also have a contingency plan in case Ozil leaves, right? I mean, Mkhitaryan yeah. is a number 10, and is perfect, you know, can do that role. He is not the same player as Mesut Ozil. He doesn't have the same subtlety and touches, and it doesn't it doesn't have the same thing, but can operate very well in that position. And requisitely, if what we don't want to happen happens and Mesut Ozil fucks off to somewhere else or goes to Juve or goes to, Bar, you know, anywhere, um, at least you have, you know, a backup plan in that sense. And so I don't know, man. I, I, I think... 
I think just because of what it means for the stature of the club to sign the guy who is, you know, arguably a, a top three, top five striker in the world currently, even though he's similar to, you know, he'll be 29 this summer and, uh, you know, his, his, you know, his best days, he's in his, he's in his prime and who knows for how much longer, but at least he's a guy who could, who should definitely get 10 to 15 goals in the rest of the season if he comes and, and plays for us now. So, uh, I, I think it's, I think that's the the most important. Yeah. I, yeah, I see the point. I, I, I see the case for him. Like I said, I, I, I think he would be the second most important, but, um, I, you know, there's, there's, there's other, you know, there's a lot of players out there that are agitating for moves and different things with the world cup and, you know, be interesting. I'd love to land a midfielder and a goalkeeper. <laughs> that would be great. That would be really fucking great. And really, the, the goalkeeper thing is something that has to be addressed this summer. Just absolutely fucking has to. I mean, you know, does anyone think Matt Macy's going to make the jump? Like, Emmy, Emmy Martinez? You know, seems... seems he's like out on a two-year loan. Yeah. So he's not coming back next year. He's out on a two-year loan. So... So... Uh, and, and I still don't know why I have no neck Dave. I mean... Dave's got to get He's horrible. Out. He's bad. He is horrible. Well, I don't know what happened. He's, I mean, he was never great, but he was fine. He was fine, I should say. Fine. He's, he's not fine anymore. <laughs> he sucks. He's starting to make you feel like he's starting to make you feel like, like you wish Almunia was back as a backup. You know what I mean? It's like is that fucking bad? Like there's no I would kill for uh Fabianski as the as the backup sure. right now. I would yeah. I, I would put Fabianski probably ahead of check right now. He's playing pretty well over there for Swansea. Is is it any worse than what we're seeing no. out of Czech lately? No, and that's a, you know you got a guy. I don't know. We, we've we've lamented Chesney's departure long enough on here. I you know I've been uh, about that I mean, shit. I've already moved on. It's it, I don't. Yeah, I, I no longer want to think about it. <laughs> well, you know, there's no point. There's no point. No, he's not leaving. He's got a spot where he's. If he continues like he is, he's going to be there indefinitely. That's crazy. Fucking crazy. Um, there were a couple other responses to that same poll about who is most important signing, and uh, I believe it was uh, our good friend Yoshi Yoshi. And uh, so Sammy and uh, 8-Bit Batman, Mr. Zane himself, that both said Mesut Ozil is the most important signing. Yeah, I don't really think that. It's not the most important to me. Well, look, important to you. I think we can move on I, I, from him. Yeah, but the, here's the thing: is this is about the perception of the club, and that's and that's eh. I think that's that sticks out the most. That it's look. If anybody doesn't, you know, football the football players and their agents are not blind. Even with Ozil signing, it doesn't change the shit we have going on at the club. And the power struggle, the can't move on from Wenger, it doesn't change any of that. Yeah. So oh, him oh, re-signing yeah. doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We have an issue. We have a manager issue at the club. <laughs> Very true. And there was also, I, I forgot to add the uh, the reply from uh, my boy and fellow LA Gunner, Gerald Gonzalez, who said, where's the option for new manager? Yeah, that's that's an important signing that I don't know. You know, the thing is, like, even right now, like, who's going to be free this summer? Like, who's going to be – because you you can't do it midseason. You know, we're not going to sign – you know, we're going to bring in – who's that Dutch fuck that's coming to Chelsea multiple times? Just fucking old-ass name. Oh. uh, I'm looking at a stupid uh, stupid face. Uh, Gus Hiddink, you know what I mean? Oh, that's right. Right, Gus Hiddink, uh, you know, and people say Carlo Ancelotti because he can be the transition guy. Like, I don't know. I mean, if that, you know, Carlo is not the guy for the future. I don't see who they're... Well, here's the thing. You can't bring in someone for a year because we need to rebuild the fucking team. Yeah. So unless you're really going to truly have uh, him replaced as... 
a technical director or a football, you know, director of how we actually play and the players that we get. And we're truly going to have just the head coach, you know, who has input, sure, but isn't in charge of transfers. Um, we need that. I, I, that's a pretty quick transition from all under Wenger to, you know, eight months later, we have everything ready to go. I don't know. Sure. I, I, th- I still think I still think it's his last year, but I don't know if they're going to look for a caretaker or the one for the future. Well, you know, I, th- I think they need to look for the one for the future. And I'm curious to see what they could do. I mean, the most interesting one to me, and I don't see it per se happening here with us. Like who would be available this summer? Diego Simeone? Maybe even though it doesn't seem like that fits in with the Arsene Wenger system. But, you know, I, he's a guy that the, the players might be excited to play for. Um, you also have one, uh, Zinedine Zidane, where their team is currently, Real Madrid is currently closer to the relegation zone than to Barcelona at the top of the league. Um, you know, he knows they'll get on quite well. Do I think he'd come manage Arsenal? I don't know, probably not, but fuck it. I mean, it'd be, it'd be worth a shout, right? I mean, he's I didn't French. Know. He and Wenger get along. I mean, I, I, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to think of who could potentially be available. You know? I thought of him the other day, also. Yeah, I, I thought of him the other day, also. Um, I, I think Zidane eventually ends up managing Juve. You know, his other club that he had a, a big thing with. You know, and I see that happening at some point. But it doesn't seem like they're in a rush to get rid of Allegri. And uh, you know, at Real Madrid, I mean, what they fucking fire you even if you win the league sometimes, right? I mean, talk to fucking Capello, talk to Ancelotti after winning the Champions League, getting fired the next season. You know what I mean? Like you get fired for doing anything in, in Madrid. So I honestly see both the Madrid managers, especially you know uh, El Cholo, my homeboy, Mister Diego El Cabron Simeone, or just the Cholo. Um, <laughs> You know, he stuck around because, you know, the transfer ban and whatnot. He got he got Griezmann to stick around longer. You know, he's a guy who I don't know that he fits with our system and the way we think. But, I mean, I don't know. You look at the way his team plays and the grit and the way they play together, and there's a lot that Arsenal could take from that, you you would think. You know, there needs to be, there needs it, to be a... It would. It'd be a swift kick in the ass. You could see... You know, like sometimes when a manager kind of brings, I mean, like Wenger did, he brought something and and to the way that we play the game that, sure, you know, is what you know part of what we're known for. Although we haven't lived up to it lately, um, you know, maybe someone brings a little bit of grit and change, so you have a little bit more of the best of both worlds. Maybe you never know. It, you know, it really depends on who's going to be in charge of the direction of the club going forward. Right. You know, and if, if that's uh Gazidis, then I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it could get worse than it has been lately, but mm, changes change. So it might be nice to have some change. Well, in, in summation, the, what I see with who we have, who we're, who we're connected to right now and what it looks like we're going to do, you know, and, you know, there's talk, you know, I'm reading shit and who, who knows what, who the fuck is right. You know, they're saying that Wenger is the one who wants Malcolm more than anyone, which of course would be, you know, the young player from the French league. And isn't that keen on, you know, that Mislin Tad is a guy who wants fucking, you know, Aubameyang and, you know, wants uh, Mkhitaryan. Mkhitaryan. And yeah, of course, you know, the guy who was at BVB who helped sign those guys for BVB. I mean, that's not... That's not the most surprising thing in the fucking world. But, I mean, if, if those signings do get made, you are seeing you, – we are actually seeing a shift in power and that, you know, if that continues to be the case, I think Wenger might see that his – you know, that the exit – the exit doors is really his only right option. And look, honestly, the right way for him to go out – I think the right way for him to go out is after this summer – you know, he his heart is for Arsenal. I get it. He could take the fucking PSG job at any point he wanted to. He could still put that on the fucking back burner. You know, don't go there. After France, don't win the World Cup this summer. Take the fucking French national team. Like, you know that's something he's supposed to do at some point, right? How long have the French wanted him to be the national team manager? They didn't want fucking Laurent Blanc. They wanted Arsene Wenger. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, step aside do the you know take take the reins of the, of the team of your fucking national country which is what old managers are supposed to fucking do with all their goddamn wisdom and lead the french to fucking glory 
Go do it. You have all your all your fucking players. Do that shit. Step aside. You know you should. I'd be you okay with. Uh, I'd be okay of him going and leaving after this year, uh, and as Zidane gets fired, and him take over for a year at Real Madrid, and you know go off into the sunset. Sure, and then take over for the French team after the Euros. You know, I don't know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Florentino Perez has always wanted. He's always wanted Wenger. He's still there, right? He's back there now, right? Isn't that the thing? I think so. So I think so. I mean, I think you're right. There's a lot of options there. Look, he could go. He could go take the P. He could go take the PSG job. He could go take the fucking Barcelona job or the or the Real Madrid job. They'd give it to him. I don't think he'd handle the pressure in Spain all that well. You know what I mean? Like he cracks on. You know. I, I think that I think that might not be his best move going to Real Madrid, but they've always but they've always wanted him. I mean, fuck it, you know, like why why not? It would be a love fest for quite a bit. Yeah, and you know, and more power to him. I'd be happy for him, and I'd want them to to succeed, even though even though I don't like Real Madrid, I, I would want him to do well just because you know we love we love the old bastard, you know. I, I, but you know, he's the guy that. You know, he's the uncle or the grandpa that's been around for too long. I mean, I don't want him to fucking die. I just want him to get out of our fucking house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but I mean, really, but I think the perfect, I think the perfect scenario is for him to go to France. I would love him to be the French national team manager or fuck it, take over PSG, whatever, whatever. They'll pay you. They will bring, they will dump fucking truckloads of cash on you as well as he's single now, right? He can have all, there's, the possibilities are endless for him. (laughs) <laughs> you know they could take really good care of them with with what with the you swing that around. baguette around <laughs> i mean exactly go, go throw that baguette down the hallway i guess i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but i mean I, I think i think it really it, it's 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 beyond it's beyond time he should have stepped aside and you you realize that you know this is this is an old man who is not going to know when to retire and doesn't know when to leave because he doesn't know a life outside of managing football and i mean really the best thing for him to do i think i think the best case for all scenarios for all all parties and everything is for him to take over the french job i think that's where he should go but you know who fucking knows what's going to happen but the thing is here here's what i'm excited about though is that these players and say we sign, it looks like we'll sign at least two of these players, right? Even if, you know, if the deal for fucking Aubameyang is only a three-year deal, because it probably will only be something like that, which we're not going to like. Would you really want it more than that? No, nah, probably not. And look, he's also going to become, we sign Aubameyang, he's going to be our highest paid player. He's going to make like 250K. We were going to give that to, we're going to give more than that to, to Sanchez. Sanchez right. anyway. So, so whatever. So, you, you you know, but at least. And you just got, got rid of some. Totally. We just got rid of 200K and Theo, and uh, I think we got about, we're about 200K between Theo and Coquelin per week. There's more coming off the books soon. Yeah. So. so, I mean, this is – you have the space for this, and even though these guys who are going to be mercenaries and whatnot, I mean, I really do hope we make the Malcolm signing just because he would be an exciting one to watch. And as much as we did love Theo, you in particular – you know, having a new guy play that position and potentially be the future for us will at least get us excited about fucking something, right? Yes. And and that's all we've wanted, right? A new player to be excited about with potential for what the team is that we're going to see in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm looking at, I'm looking at my tweets and it says that United will pay 500 K per week to Sanchez. (laughs) That's ridiculous. You know, it's 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 British tabloid shit and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it's it's just funny. It's fucking funny. I just never know whether they're trying to play it so it doesn't happen or play it so it does happen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I don't trust Mourinho any further than I could throw him or kick him. I wish I could kick him. I'd like to see how far I could kick him. That'd be good. Um, and I don't trust, you know. I'm sure you could throw him. Oh I, I, oh, I definitely could throw him, but I'd, I'd rather kick him. I think it would hurt more. So. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like that's until the until the deal until the ink is dry on the fucking paper with whatever deal is with Alexis and with all that. I don't trust Mourinho at all, and I think he's fucking you know stringing us along until the until the you know until it's all done. So we shall see. 
who do we got this weekend? We we have a match, right? I mean, we don't have a fucking FA Cup match. Palace already out. So we have Palace on Saturday. It's a standard kickoff, right? It's 7 a.m. for us over here. So 3 p.m. kickoff in the UK. Are we are we away to Palace? We're home. I think we're home. Yeah. Well, we need a slump buster like a motherfucker. Are they going to be it? Can you give me a score prediction? Oh, shit. It's a Roy Hodgson team now, right? Roy? Good old Roy? Yeah. I think that's who he's taken over for. Um, so it's not going to be easy. So, oh, and so we're home against Palace. Well, we just played Palace, right? We fucking lost to him. Wasn't it? Are we a draw? Like, no, no. Fuck, look at me. Can't even, like... We're really good at this. You really should be prepared for these things. <laughs> you can't expect me to do it. I'm worthless. I know, um, I know. No, we we, we, we we beat them away. Okay. Right. That was like our only away win or something, like a one nil or some shit. It was three two. Remember, and they mm, almost came back to beat that's us. Right. That's right. That's right. Well, we were all shitting ourselves for about three minutes, as usual. Well, yeah, it is right. the way. It is the way. Um, yeah. Well, all right. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two one to the Arsenal. Uh, goals from fuck who the fuck's gonna score for us uh, Lacazette Lacazette's <laughs> gonna get back on the score sheet there you go Alexander I will Lacazette. say 2-0 I will go Wilshire I almost went there and um, Maitland Niles hey first goal I li- yeah I like it all right, all right. I'll I'll back I'll back Mr. Ainsley Maitland Niles to get his first one as well, along with Lacazette, because he needs he. Needs but it's going to be ugly. It is not going to be pretty. Oh, it's going to be it's, it's going to be, be, be a Danny Boy Shinner. It's one of those bundle over the line motherfuckers. No, he's going to be fine. I'm just saying the game's going to. Oh, yeah, the game's going to suck. We're just joining <laughs> shit. We look like crap. We can't attack for anything. Well, we'll save the tactical shit for another episode because we've talked long enough about these departing players and whatnot. But um, Arsenal are at home against Crystal Palace. I'm looking forward to that. I am. Uh, I'm going to try to make it out. The LA Gooners have a new home. They're at the Parlor in Hollywood now in Melrose. Um, I'm not going to ask you to make it all the way out there, Joseph, at 7 a.m. on a on a Saturday from out in BFE where you are. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to try to make it there. So if you're in the area, if you're in Los Angeles, come out and join the LA Gooners. It's always a good time. I have yet to see the new home. Uh, so I need to get out there to see everyone and check out the matches. Um, but yeah, man, I, I don't know. I'm just really hoping this is this is a step forward um, and it brings on it brings on some real change that we can be excited about these new players. Um, any last thoughts from you, Jay? No, but I do hope we sign people to play for us. Sure. <laughs> Whatever happens. Maybe even a midfielder. Give me something shiny. That'd be nice, right? Uh, We're not going to get it'd one. It'd be weird. We're not going to get one, but it'd be nice. <laughs> well, I can't wait to watch uh, El Nenny play again. Hey, I don't hate watching El Nenny play. It's not that bad. All right, man. Well, we're we're gonna have to we'll wrap this up. We'll leave we'll leave it there. You guys can follow Joseph on Twitter at I hate your club. Don't bring the fucking Theo shade because he will crack the motherfucking whip on you. So I don't want to have to block people. <laughs> nah, don't have to break out the the block stick. No good. Well, we're gonna leave you there, and we're gonna go back out with a relatively sad song and. Um, can leave it as it is and then we'll be back uh we will try to get another podcast in before or at least by the time of the end of the window so that'd be in like a week like two weeks if we don't have it done before then maybe if we get that excited and we sign all three of those fucking players we're gonna pop some bottles and be back next week who fucking knows but that's on arsenal so blame them if that shit doesn't happen if we sign all three players we're gonna do a podcast you know rip me a new one cool sounds good all right man we'll leave it there thank you so much guys we will catch you again soon goodbye when my eyes were stared by the flash of a neon light it split the night and touched the sound of silence and in the naked light I saw Ten thousand people, maybe more People talking without speaking People hearing without listening 
writing songs.